You're listening to the Student Ministry Podcast. If you're a youth pastor, small group leader, college pastor, or even a parent, this podcast is for you. Whether you're looking for tools and resources or encouragement and wisdom, you've come to the right place. Here's your host, Kenny Ortiz. Hello, hello, hello. Greetings and welcome in. This is the 17th episode of the Student Ministry Podcast, and I'm your host, Kenny Ortiz, recording from the great metropolis of Orlando, Florida. Thank you so much for listening. In just a moment, we're going to dive into a great interview that I had a chance to do with a dear friend of mine, a man by the name of Ken Ferreira, who is a part of the ministry staff team at a at a Christian college in uh, in the Minneapolis region, Bethany Global University is the name of that school, and Ken does a, does a variety of things for them, and he's got some great wisdom. He is a leadership guru, uh, theologian, preacher, extraordinaire. Uh, more than that, he is my friend, and I am excited to have him share with you. Uh, for those of you who listen to my other podcasts, uh, you know you, you've heard from Ken multiple times on that podcast, and you'll hear from him in the future again on that, po- on that podcast. So super excited to bring you this interview. Hey, before we get to the interview, a couple quick bits of business I want you to know about. Uh, Number one is to make sure you are subscribed to the podcast. Now, many of you are already subscribed, so big thank you to you. But if you're listening to this, maybe uh, you're streaming it from the site or you found it on social media and you are not subscribed, I want to encourage you to please subscribe to the podcast. Uh, Whenever you are subscribed, it does two really important things. Number one, it helps us out a ton. Basically, the more subscriptions we have, the further reach we'll have. The, the, the more subscriptions we have, the more people will be able to find the podcast, the more people will be able to invest in. So if you could do that, it'd be great. Also, uh, subscribing helps you out. So you know, just from you know, selfishly speaking, even if you don't want to help the show, if you subscribe, it'll help you because, I've, because it'll guarantee you never miss an episode. Um, you know, I got kind of, a, kind of a crazy, erratic posting schedule. For those of you who have been listening a while, you recognize that. And uh, the only way to guarantee you never miss an episode is to be subscribed because when you're subscribed, every episode gets delivered directly to your device. So if you can head on over to whatever podcast a catching app you're familiar with, look up the podcast, hit the subscribe button. That would be awesome. Also, if you can't find us on uh, on any of the apps, the easiest way to do it is on our website, studentministrypodcast.com. While you're there, click on any one of those subscription buttons that'll take you over to the page where you can subscribe. It'll make it super easy. Hey, another bit of business I want to let you know about, and that is my other podcast. I actually briefly mentioned it a moment ago when I was talking about Ken having been an interview guest on that podcast. It's called Theology for the Rest of Us. No doubt many of you have already checked it out or already familiar with it. But if by chance you're listening to this and you are not familiar with it, uh, I want you to check it out if you can. The easiest way to find it is on the web, theologyfortherestofus.com. Or you can look us up on any one of the podcast players that are out there. Just search Theology for the Rest of Us. It will pop up. That is a podcast really designed to answering uh, questions about the Bible, theology, Christianity, things of that nature. I take a lot of questions from from the audience, from listeners, and answer them on the podcast. My hope is that could be a great resource, maybe to you personally, as well as maybe to some of the students in your ministry. So as people are, are asking theology questions, you can point them the way, hey, check out this podcast this guy Kenny does. That'll be a great resource to you. So again, it can be a resource to you personally or a resource to people in your ministry. Check that out again, theologyfortherestofus.com. 
All right, let's get to the topic at hand. Uh, in this interview, Ken, Fred, and I got a chance to talk quite a bit about leadership development, and, and Ken specifically talked about how do you really engage your students in such a way where they will be developed into leaders? You know, how do we engage them and put them in positions where the Holy Spirit can really cultivate the leadership potential that God has endowed in them? You know, we believe every student has some ability to influence and be leaders to some extent, right? Differently from from student to student, but all of them have some elements of potential to influence other people. How do we engage them in our local church and ministry context in such a way that we can really see them develop and really, really pour into them so that they can capitalize on all that God has created them to be or capitalize upon all the talent and potential that God has put them in. And I'm really, really excited to to have you hear from Ken because he really is. I know I say this kind of jokingly uh, in the interview, you hear me kind of refer to him as a leadership guru, but really he has a strong track record of training young leaders. And I've seen him do that over and over again. So I really think you guys are going to get a lot out of this. Now, even if you're not even in youth ministry, even if you're a business leader, I think you could probably get quite a bit out of this. Honestly, I think there there's some great leadership lessons that Ken brings forth that I think will be really valuable. Uh, as I previously mentioned, Ken is a part of Bethany Global University. He's a director of a of a, a internship program or gap year program um, that, that you'll hear him talk about there. Uh, he's got an MDiv, and so he is more than qualified. He's got the credentials to. Uh, to you know, to, to really talk about theology and ministry in a variety of ways, uh, but more importantly, I mean, he's just got um, he's got a track record of being a man of integrity, a man who who knows and loves the scriptures, and a man who is passionately committed to raising up leaders in the next generation. He has got a strong track record of doing that. I've personally seen him do it, and so therefore, I trust his opinion whenever we're talking about things like leadership development. So, super excited to bring this to you. So, without further ado, my interview with Ken Frede. We are on the line with Kenneth Freire from the great snowy, well, it's not quite snowy yet, but it will be snowy very soon, the great <laughs> metropolis of Minneapolis, Minnesota. Uh, Ken, how you doing, brother? Man, I'm doing really well. I just finished teaching at Bethany Global University, so I'm, I'm a little psyched right now. Uh, just talked about justification, so my heart is ignited and full with passion. So I, that I, might come out during this message. I love, uh, I love whenever I talk to you right after you just done teaching. Because your excitement level always seems to be triple. Like you just get so jazzed after teaching. I love it. Yeah, man, because I just pretty much reminded myself about the gospel for like the past hour. So I'm like, let's do this. What else we got to conquer? What else we got to talk about? <laughs> yes. So. I think that's a that's a great lesson. Remind yourself of the gospel and it energizes you. I think that's, we could just end there. I think that's a great reminder. Oh, great. <laughs> great time. Great interview. Um, <laughs> well, where the, audi those, the audience listening to this heard me in the preamble. I uh, just kind of give you a quick intro about who you are and what you're doing. Um, but just tell us kind of, you know, uh, I, what I didn't talk about is kind of, you know, why you do what you do there at, at Bethany Global University. So uh, give our audience kind of a quick overview of your position there and, and why you love doing what you do. Yeah, so I am the director of the LEAD Internship, which is part of Bethany Global University. So that Bethany Global University is a university that focuses and specializes on training missionaries. And uh, when I first came up to Minnesota, we had the LEAD internship built because we wanted people to have a four-month program where they specifically focus on leadership and discipleship. And it's my heart, and the reason why we built it was that we wanted to really ignite young students to start pursuing leadership for the church now versus 20 years from now or 10 years from now. Uh, I think it's very pivotal that we start training uh, our future leaders 
right when they get out of high school. So that's why I'm excited to do this podcast and talk about what we're talking about today. That's awesome. And for those of you who are listening, who've been listening a while, back in episode 10, we interviewed Dan Sanchez, who is also a part of the staff team there uh, with Ken, uh, both of them. And I, we all work together at a nonprofit in Texas and love these dudes. And so I'm excited to get your thoughts. Um, Ken, I, I believe this wholeheartedly, man, you are, you really are a, a leadership expert. You're a guru, bro. And uh, <laughs> in the Christian sense. I, I don't know if I'll go that far yet, but yeah, it's fun. I like <laughs> uh, to read. Uh, you you do you consume a lot of content. You've got a lot of experience in, in the world of leadership development, um, and so I am excited to get your thoughts. So uh, basically, kind of got one generic generic question, uh, and that's about you know engaging students in the local context. You know there are lots of people listening to this that are youth pastors, youth leaders, uh, working with middle school, high school, college students. Tell us what, why is it important that they engage their students to be leaders, and why and and how do they go about really developing your students into leaders of the church rather than just participants? Yeah, man, that's a fantastic question. The why behind it is because sooner or later, all the uh, older guys are going to retire. <laughs> uh, simple as that. And we need to be able to pass the baton appropriately. Yeah, I think a lot of the people now who are in great leadership positions have realized that they didn't do such a great job of passing the baton to the younger generation. So now they're trying to play catch up. Uh, so that's why I think it's very important. And a big reason for it is that it gives students purpose. You know, I really think it gives per, uh, purpose to them into realizing that they're not just participants, they have to be engaged with what we're doing here. Man, that's a really, really great, great thought. I, you know, I, I, I think that myself that I'm, that I'm a young guy. At least I, I think of myself of that. But the gray hair in my beard tells me otherwise. And so just I'm feeling the urgency more and more in my life to do that same thing, to be intentional in handing off the baton. And so how do we do that? Teach us. Give us some thoughts and some things you've learned along the way on how to do that well. Yeah. The first one I would say is that we got to ignite students' heart with a gospel-centered purpose. And what I mean by gospel-centered purpose is that many times we're trying to help uh, our young students, whether they're like coming out of high school or in high school or right out of college, like what are you called to do? And you're trying to figure out their, their calling in their lives, but like realize that the gospel changes you for the present moment as well. And how does the gospel change you so that you could walk around uh, with the people around you and live out a purposeful life right now instead of waiting 10 years from now? Because uh, I think many times when we're trying to teach students about the gospel and about living a Christian life and, and trying to figure out what they want to do in the church, many times we th talk about 10 years from now. Hey, when you get older, you could be a leader. It's like, no, you could do that right now uh, based on and the foundation of the gospel, of course. So I think, number one, you have to just ignite their heart with a with gospel-centered purpose. That's really great stuff. You, hey, you talking about lingo. We start talking about using the gospel to ignite kids' hearts. Um, you know what? One, and I've talked about this in previous episodes before. Back in episode two, episode four, a few other times, we've mentioned it. Um, one of the detriments I see is that we, in our preaching, we often we're giving kids lessons on how to be good at whatever. Like, here's the three steps on be a, how to be a good sibling. You know, how here's the three steps on how to forgive people who hurt your feelings. And that is might be good wisdom, uh, but it's but it's often separated from the gospel. And so you're, I hear you saying. Hey, make sure that the that the preaching of the gospel is the thing we're using to ignite hearts, not just good advice. Absolutely, absolutely. And with that, I'll add the second thing that I think that helps with young students to engage them and to become future leaders is ask and allow hard questions. Mm. Ask and allow hard questions. And uh, Kenny, I actually got this from you. I remember when uh, we were doing some training for uh, doing mission trips. 
uh, you told me one of the things that you did with your group and I thought it was the most fascinating thing. I've never heard any other leader do that. I said, and what you did was you allowed for a certain time, you know, maybe two hours in one evening for them to ask you any hard question they ever wanted about the Christian faith. And uh, that just stuck with me, man, because I was like, yes, all these young people who are going on mission trips with us, they have hard questions, but they don't ever really have the freedom to do that. Uh, so ever since I heard that, man, from you, I really was just like, I'm going to use that everywhere I go. And it's been some of the most favorite moments of my life because students really have a lot of questions that they feel like they just can't ask. So uh, that's why I say ask questions yourself in front of them and allow them to ask hard questions. And sometimes the, the easiest way to do that is say, hey, one night we're going to have a theological Q&A time. Ask whatever you want and just write it on a piece of paper. So it could be anonymous and you just go after it. So just ask whatever you want. We're here to answer them. I, so, I love that, that man. That, that's super encouraging, by the way. I actually, yeah, we used to do that on missions trips. Um, and so I actually did that here in our student ministry context in my most recent staff position uh, before I transitioned. I, I would do it on Saturday mornings. Uh, with a handful of students. I only got a chance to do it a few times. We didn't do it a bunch. Um, and so what, what, are, there any, are there any practical things that while you're doing that, like how, what, maybe what are some ways a youth pastor could pull that off well? Yeah, so very practical. I normally tell people, hey, give yourself two weeks in advance, right? First week, you announce it, and either at the end of the, the, you know, the night, uh, start collecting questions or collect them the next uh, week. What I, when I, if you collect them the first night, the reason why you want to collect them is so that you can prepare yourself for whatever questions uh, they may give you. If you feel like you're not uh, ready to just wing it, you know, as some people, other people are like, I'm good to go. I think about this stuff all the time. Right. But if you want to have a, a little bit more of a prepared answer, uh, you want to try to collect them at least a week in advance so you have some time to, to prep. Uh, but then the next week, what I tend to do is I tend to say, hey, these are some of the questions that are going to be coming up. You know, like, hey, uh, you guys brought up questions about homosexuality. You guys brought up questions about suffering. You guys brought up questions about, um, you know, Calvinism and Arminianism. Like, you just brought them all up, whatever it is. So then that's why I give you two weeks. The first week is to get the questions or you do it second week. The second week is to announce what the next week is going to be about. So it's kind of like a three-week turnaround uh, to kind of get their hearts ready to invite friends in, especially people who uh, might have questions about the faith that, uh, might not necessarily be believers. So kind of do it that way in a very practical setting. And then when I actually do it that third week, I say, hey, here are all the questions that we're going to try to get, get to today. Right? And then I normally do the first question, whatever it is, I answer it. And I also open the floor. I'm like, hey, do any of you have follow-up questions on this? And you'd be surprised. People just start raising their hands and they just start going off because they realize, oh man, he's, he's going to answer my hard questions. And uh, you have an open uh, question. Oh, open invitation. The other thing I do is that when I start to do that and anyone asks a question, I'm like, hey, that is an excellent question. I am glad that you had the courage to to ask that question. Even though if it might be somewhat silly, I just, you know, acknowledge that they took the step to and ask it in front of a group of people. That's a big deal because I think there's probably a lot of people that don't want to ask questions. And it does take a lot of courage, even if it's a, if it even seemingly maybe a simple question, it may have taken a lot of courage. So acknowledging that I think is a great practical tip. Uh, one thing I, I have not done as much, um, but I've seen done before, is the text message thing where if people are maybe afraid to answer, raise their hand, they can either raise their hand and ask or they can just send a text in. I've seen yeah. that before. Um, I've also seen guys like hand out three by five cards and you can write your question down and then like they collect them. 
so there's a couple different ways that I've seen it done, but I, I love the idea of creating a forum where people can ask some tough questions. Yeah. And you realize, man, the more you actually do that, the more they'll be engaged to want to listen to you and actually uh, be a part of the ministry. Like for, for me, as I run the lead internship, I start to do this from the very beginning. Uh, I start at allowing them to ask hard questions. And because of that, whenever I'm teaching, if there's something that they're not sure about, they're just quick to raise their hands. They're quick to ask me questions. Why? Because I've allowed this atmosphere to ask hard questions. I tell them, tell them that from the very beginning. Ask me whatever hard question you want. I will never deny it. You know, you know? I, that's a great point. What you just said in a moment, I actually forgot we were talking about engaging students in leadership. For a moment, you're talking about the, and then I thought to myself, wait a minute, how does this help in leadership development? So I hear you saying, hey, when when you create a forum for students to ask tough questions and, to, and a forum where they can be honest, and you're saying, hey, I'm not going to run from it. I'm going to be willing to engage with that. It, it builds their confidence in you as a leader and inspires them to want to engage more with whatever's going on. Yeah, absolutely. And not only that, it also helps them realize that Christianity does have answers for their faith. Mm. Um, and they could find them so that there's someone that they could lean on to. And here's the reason why that's important is that when they can start leaning on to you for answers versus just Google, then you've built a relationship with them and then and then you can call that individual to greatness and that's, that's really ultimately what we we want to do is call those students to greatness I love man I love it love it uh, be better than Google and call students to greatness yeah exactly <laughs> can I tweet that I think I'm gonna tweet that yeah it's gonna be really hard uh, but you, you know with that when I talk about uh, calling students to greatness what practically what that looks like is you know so first you've inspired them with gospel-centered purpose you've allowed an atmosphere of asking hard questions uh, the third thing that I normally try to do is I give them responsibilities. And I don't give them some lame, like, this might sound bad, some lame responsibilities. It's just like, hey, just be a greeter and just be a door opener. Like, no, like, let's give them real responsibilities. Part of the reason why a lot of students are like, well, I don't like church or church is boring is because they don't feel like they could get really involved. You know, like, really involved. Like, for example, like, hey, how about you be a part of the worship team? Or, hey, how about in, in a month from now, I want you to share your testimony in front of everyone. All of a sudden, you've just gave them, given them a vast responsibility. And for them, they might be like, I'm not ready for them to share their testimony. Well, that's where you come in and you coach them on how to share their testimony. And you have put so much dividends into that person's life if you do that. By one, learning them how to share their testimony. Two, giving them a platform to share the testimony. Right Then they realize that God has gifted them with certain things. Uh, it's an incredible thing of just giving, giving responsibility. I'll give you a great example. Uh, my youth pastor in New York City, when I, when I lived in New York City, uh, he really wanted to focus on outreach, you know, reaching the community. And what he did was that he took everyone in the youth group and he said, hey, we're going to do an outreach. And typically in the past, what we've done for outreach is that, you know, all the church was responsible of it. The leaders were the ones who made it up. He said, hey, we're going to do an outreach. This is the date, but you guys are in charge of it. What do you want to do? And he just gave the floor to them. Now, of course, he gave them guidance. Of course, he gave them some direction. But he, they would be like, oh, you know what? We should do a skit. And he'd be like, okay, who's doing the skit? And, they, and they, the kids would be like, well, you are. No, no, no. You guys are doing it. What skit do you want to do? <laughs> and there was a deadline. And I mean, I saw these guys all of a sudden working really hard to like perform this thing. And I remember him telling me about it because I, I had to come back to uh, Texas at the time. And they did this outreach at a park that they've never done ever, ever. And it was all student-led. 
And because of that, you, and this is the reason why I tell you the story, because of that, all of a sudden, all those students, like every other couple months, they were doing just student-led outreaches. And they became the, the leaders of the youth group now. This was 10 years ago. Mm, and they became good. the leaders. Why? Because we gave the, they gave them responsibility and, and pushed them to greatness. Yeah, I, I absolutely love it, man. I'm, I'm with you. <clears throat> Anytime you can get school, you know, high school, middle school students directly involved, Anytime you can get people, no matter whatever whatever age group they are, a group of people younger than people would expect. So people wouldn't expect the the ninth grader to be running the soundboard. Get the ninth grader to run the soundboard, right? If you're in a, an environment where they don't expect the college students to be doing some particular thing, get them in there. And so, uh, whether that's preaching or sharing a testimony, um, whatever it is, right? I mean, give them real responsibility. I just did an interview yesterday. It hasn't gone live yet, uh, but. Uh, with Tiffany Kelly, a girl I worked with at my previous church, and she has a media team that's, I mean, this is a youth ministry of 200 plus students, but they do a lot of production, um, and it's all run by middle school, high school students, literally middle school students running the soundboard. I think to myself, I can't run the soundboard, I'm 34, I'm not not smart enough. Meanwhile, the the ADD seventh grader, like literally, he's on medication for ADD, um, and he's in seventh grade, he runs sound, like, are you kidding me? Um, and I think I think we I think you just said like right, people will step students will step up when we give them responsibilities. Yeah, yeah. And I guess the last thing that I would say, man, to engage students to be uh, future leaders of the church is teach them how to learn. And I think this is uh, one of the things that goes undervalued many times, but teaching them how to learn. And here's what I mean by that: is that many times uh, a lot of the students they want to read their Bibles, they want to study their Bibles, uh, they just don't know how to do it. And there's not a lot of places where they could go learn how to study the Bible, you know, when you're, you're in high school. The only interaction they have many times is like, you know, the Wednesday night or Thursday night youth group, maybe a Sunday school, maybe small group, maybe Sunday church. But at Sunday church, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're hearing a message. The message is not, hey, how to study the Bible. So teach them how to learn. Teach them how to love the scriptures. Teach them how to dissect them so that they can learn it for themselves versus just hearing someone talk about it. Uh, I'll give you a great example, and I love this. Today, when I was teaching class at the end of the day, I said something in class, and one of the students approached me, and he said, hey, I don't see that in Scripture. Can you show me where it's at? And I was like, I'm so excited you just asked that question because he's <laughs> wanting to learn. Yes. You know, I just got really excited for him because I'm like, okay, I'm going to teach this guy how to learn. I'm going to teach him how to read the Bible. And we were just, you know, reading the Scriptures a little bit and showing him how context works and stuff like that. And he was like, wow, I've never seen that before. You know, and I'm like, I've just fulfilled my job. Not only did I inspire them with, with the talk on justification, but I just taught them how to read the Bible just a little bit better. That's uh, good. And that's what we're supposed to do. And why is that important? Because sooner or later, if these guys are going to be future leaders of the church, they got to learn these skill sets of learning how to preach, learning how to teach, uh, learning how to study the Bible, learning how to pray. I mean, some students, they just don't know what that even looks like. And that's where we come in and we show them what it looks like to be like Christ and what it looks like to be a good leader. That's some really good stuff, man. Um, I, I love those four things. Are there any other resources you would give to someone that maybe, you know, maybe there's a youth pastor listening to this that says, hey, man, I would love to be able to teach my students how to learn. What are the what are the things you go to? I mean, I don't know about you. I mean, I'm, I, I don't typically hand um, young adults uh, systematic theology by Wayne Grudem. Um, 
I don't typically hand them the Institutes by John Calvin. I have read those and I love them, but I don't necessarily hand those. Maybe I should hand them to the high school and college student. <laughs> um, but in most cases, they, they probably that's probably too far, too too deep of a step or too big of a first step. Um, yeah. Where do you where do you usually start with a student? Uh, normally with those students, what I tend to do, there's not like a specific resource that I give them. I tend to say, okay, hey guys, uh, if you really want to learn how to learn, right, uh, come with me Saturday morning, a group of five of us, and we're going to start teaching. I'm going to teach you how to study the Bible. And I just, I'm a part of their lives. Because ultimately, Kenny, you and I know, and every youth leader who's listening to this, uh, youth, youth ministry is all about relationship. That's right. Uh, so instead of just giving them a book, I'm like, I'm going to show you face to face because they're going to want to ask questions. And it goes back to that asking and allowing hard questions. I want them to be in an environment where they could see how I lead and how I walk through things. Uh, so whenever it comes to like, hey, I want to do these things, I'm going to coach them. You know, so I'm going to be very intentional about their growth. So what does this look like very practically? Like you might have a group of, uh, you know, 50 in your youth group. That means that you got to select your your top five, ten people that you want to mentor that, that for that next year. You know, and then at the year after that, you find another five or ten people, and you just go through that curriculum, and you'll just see it just pays off that uh, you're teaching them, right? So instead of just giving them a book, I'm like, hey, how about you walk life with me? That's so so good, um, man. Yeah, you know, and I, I know I feel like a broken record. I've said this in previous episodes. I've said this in my life, but ultimately, if you're not present in the lives of people. You, you can't do that. I mean, you can hand them a book, um, and that could be of value. But man, the the, the relational element uh, is so much far greater. So when you're teaching them how to learn, you're not just doing it from a sermon. That's a part of it. Yeah. Um, you know, you're not just doing it from a book. That's a part of it. But the place you're ultimately going to do it is, hey, come on, hang out at my house on Saturday morning, or come hang out at my house, or we're going to meet at Starbucks on Monday night, and we're going to go do, we're going to go through this thing together. We're going to talk about dialogue about this passage of scripture. Um, and that's and that's the place where you really teach them. I, I love what you said. Teach them to love the scripture. Like we want them to learn how to learn on their own, learn how to think on their own. And the foundation of that is, man, love the Bible. Be in love with the truth, the gift that God has given us in the scripture. And if you can get students to do that, man, that'll be pretty profound. <laughs> yeah, it'll be amazing, man. And you know, like they just like the lead internship just finished uh, a week intensive on how to study the Bible, and they walked away. They're like, I have never done anything like that before. And uh, the dean of men, Derek Brocky here, was the one who taught him that because he has a passion to teach people how to study the Bible. And I'm like, go for it, you know. And they just walked away like so blessed by it. They're like, I feel like I could read my Bible now in a totally different light versus you know just flipping one page at a time and or one passage at a time. Be like, oh, okay, I think I got something out of that. They've learned how to study the scriptures, and I'm like, we've succeeded. That's so, so good. Man, Ken, this has been fantastic content. I think I think a lot of people are going to listen to this and really walk away with some really great stuff. Hey, before I let you go, man, uh, it would be a disservice to our audience to not give them a, a quick uh, or, or a quality understanding as to what the lead internship is. Um, and they heard, uh, they heard Dan Sanchez back in episode 10 talk about BGU as a whole. Um, T- tell us specifically about the lead internship and why you love that. Yeah, the lead internship is a four-month leadership and discipleship program. So typically it's people who are right out of high school who aren't really sure what they're called to do, what they want to do, but they know they have a passion for ministry and want to find their place in, in God, you know, and, and where they're called to do. So I take them through this four months, one, demystifying God's calling, because sometimes we make it a little bit too hyper-spiritualized, in, in my opinion. 
But then we also say, hey, in order for you to um, be the leader you want to be, first you have to become the man that God's called you to become. You know, so uh, we take these four months in really just showing them how to be a good disciple of Christ and then how to lead like Christ. Uh, so a lot of that is what the four-month internship does. We do four months of very intense teachings and then also hands-on activities and experiences. It's a great thing that I love to do. Uh, for me, the reason why I love doing it is because it's it's very hands-on. I'm not just teaching for, for four months straight. It's every morning we're in there and we're like okay today we're gonna to teach you how to study your Bible so let's get some commentaries let's get some Bibles out and let's go let's go to work you know uh, two weeks ago I taught them how to how to do public speaking and how to preach so it wasn't just me up there in, in the stage just doing what I do it's all right we're gonna practice this and they're yep. practicing it and they're working on it so it's real hands-on and that's what I love about the internship and within four months just all of a sudden the confidence they get to uh, know who who they are in Christ and what they want to do later on in life, uh, it's a huge blessing to me. Man, that's really, really good stuff. So anyone listening to this uh, that loves a young adult, a young person, um, I'd highly encourage you to check out the lead internship. Um, what's the best way for them to reach out to you, Ken, if someone's got interest in that and maybe want to recommend it to one of their students? Yeah, they could just go to uh, leadintern.com. Uh, again, that's leadintern.com, and they could just check out the lead internship. And if they want to reach out to me, uh, my blog is on there as well. So they could just go to my blog and, and just find me or contact me from there. That's fantastic. And we'll make sure we have uh, all of that information in the show notes for this episode. So head over to our website, studentministrypodcast.com. Look at the show notes for this episode. All of the info will be there. Ken, thank you so much for spending time with the audience, man. I, I love having you on. Uh, this is the first time I had you on this podcast, but you've been on Theology for the rest of us multiple times, and uh, you always bring it, and I love talking to you, man, so thank you so much. And there you have it, my interview with Kenneth Freire talking about engaging students in leadership development or engaging them in such a way where we can ensure they are effectively developed to be the future leaders of the church. I love the reminder that one day we're all going to retire. We're all going to be gone. We're going to die. And we got to hand a baton off to the next generation. Let's make sure those guys are ready to do that and to do it well. I love the four points he mentioned. Uh, Number one, ignite their hearts with gospel-centered purpose. Number two, allow them to ask hard questions. Number three, give them real responsibilities now. Don't just wait till they're older. And number four, teach them how to learn. And that's probably the one that stuck out to me the most. And I just think how important it is that we make sure people know how to feed themselves, both scripturally, knowing how to you know study the Bible and learn it, and as well as how to learn in life and how to develop as leaders, as men, as women. I think there's some great, great thoughts that Ken shared with us. I'm going to make sure those are mentioned and outlined in the show notes for this episode. Hey, before I let you go, I want to just mention one other item. You've heard me talk about this in several other episodes before, and specifically in episode 16, I spent an entire episode uh, in an interview talking about gap year programs. And on uh, on my website, or the website for this podcast, studentministrypodcast.com, I have listed several gap year programs that I personally endorse. One of them is the lead intern program. In fact, when people come to me and they ask me, hey, I want to do a gap year program, it's actually the first one I recommend because I personally know the leadership there. I know what they're going to be taught. I know that it's very efficient. It's cost effective. And it's only four months. I mean, you can do one semester there 
have a, a great, incredible, transformative experience. And so Ken is the director there. If you are a youth pastor, college pastor, and you know some young people that you think would, would do really well in, in spending a semester just learning the Bible better, learning theology, giving opportunity to do some ministry, get some experience under the belt, and to really be mentored as as future leaders of the church. If you want to be able to send some people there, I would highly, highly encourage you. Check out the lead internship. Get in touch with Ken. Ask every, every question you want to ask so that you can feel comfortable. And then as you come across young people that you know you think would benefit from that, why don't you tell them about it? Hey, check out the lead internship. I think you should. I think this would really be valuable for you. And send them over to the website. I'll have the I'll have the info for the website also in the show notes for this episode, uh, as well as some additional resources that you can check out that are related uh, to the content we covered here in this episode. So check out the show notes. Head over to studentministrypodcast.com. And while you're there, look at the show notes for episode 17 and all of the uh, the content that Ken mentioned, as well as a variety of other recommended books will be in there, as well as the way that you can get a hold of Ken and learn more about the lead internship. All of that will be in the show notes for this episode. And of course, while you're on the website over at studentministrypodcast.com, you can check out the resources section as a whole. I've got a bunch of recommended books and blogs, specifically for student ministry, recommended curriculum, uh, other podcasts that I listen to that you can check out, other podcasts that I've been a host of that you can check out, as well as the the other gap year programs that I personally am willing to endorse uh, that I know a lot about. So the, the resources section there designed to be a, a resource for you as a student ministry pastor. Check that out at studentministrypodcast.com. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode of the podcast. If you have a question or a topic that you would like me to address, shoot me an email. The address is heyortiz at studentministrypodcast.com. That's H-E-Y-O-R-T-I-Z at studentministrypodcast.com. If you want to connect with me personally, the best way to do that is on Twitter. I love the tweet. I'm sort of a tweetaholic. Feel free to connect with me there. My Twitter handle is at Kenneth Ortiz. It's K-E-N-N-E-T-H-O-R-T-I-Z. Our intro and outro theme music for this podcast has been Actionable by Ben Sound. I'm Kenny Ortiz, and this has been the Student Ministry Podcast.